The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Seth. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, my great pleasure, Kwame. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. And listeners, <laughs> I the universe was trying to stop us from having this podcast, <laughs> but we kept Can't on fighting. Yes. Yeah, so I appreciate your patience here. Um, so how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? By all means, Kwame. First, I'm a fan. I've been enjoying your work and proud of it and excited for it. So I'm delighted to be with you. And uh, uh, just by way of introduction, I am a professor at um, uh, NYU Stern School of Business and also at Columbia University, uh, where I teach courses on negotiation and conflict management, um, which I've done for many years. Bef uh, before that, I was a corporate lawyer. I practiced corporate uh, and securities law for major firms in New York for several years. So I have a transaction background. And I also teach around the world. I teach in China almost every Friday evening by Zoom, and um, I have an active training practice. So uh, uh, there's every every way that I can uh, share the skills of negotiation. I'm I'm doing that. I love it. And you have a new book coming out. Can you tell the listeners about that? Yes, thank you so much. It's uh, 15 Tools to Turn the Tide, a step-by-step -step playbook for empowered negotiating, and it's. Uh, it's coming to fruition right now. It's um, uh, as we speak, uh, it's uh, uh, later April and uh, our pub date is uh, May 23rd. And depending on how you count it, this book has been um, three years or 23 years in the making. Um, <laughs> my wife remembers when I was talking to her during our courtship 20, 23 years ago now about writing a book. And three years ago, I started to focus on this specific topic. And um, to my delight, um, it sold. And and uh, here we are. But it took quite a while uh, for, uh, to take it from inception to uh, production. So here we are. And uh, we've got to figure out a way to party for it. But um, May 23rd is the date. I'm excited. It, this is great. And listeners, when that comes out, I, I could not endorse this anymore. Um, because Seth, your, your course on the great courses, I remember I, I listened to that on Audible. And I, I mentioned this to, to Seth before, but I took over 50 pages of notes, just size 12. <laughs> single space i i just gobbled it up so which i might I, add as long as the wait. actual 
the text for the actual uh, broadcast itself was shorter than 50 pages. So I think you are now uh, qualified to replace me for that, that video. <laughs> hilarious. No, I appreciate it. This is, this is great. So I'm excited to, to dig deeper into this new book. Really exciting. Well, so, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and today we're going to focus on three key things. Mm -hmm. First, we're going to talk about topics, targets, and trade-offs. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about the golden minute. And then I foresaw it, which is oh. a mnemonic. This yes. is great. I'm excited to dig in. So topics, targets, and trade-offs. So tell us more about that. Sure. What you just uh, recounted, Kwame, are three of uh, some of the marquee tools uh, that we talk about in the book. And um, one of the, the cool things about them is that uh, they're they're, they've been, we feel tested them for years with uh, hundreds, thousands of students. Um, so um, these are tools that students love and that uh, veteran negotiators swear by. And the Topics, Targets, and Trade-offs grid is a really good example of that. It's basically like a, a play card. And if you've, you, you know, if you think call to mind uh, uh, American football coaches, um, you see them walking along the sidelines and they're, they're, they're holding tightly to a laminated sheet and that's called a play card or play sheet. And that guides them very much in the same way that a checklist guides pilots um, who are flying a plane around the world or in crisis, they pull out that a checklist and astronauts uh, rely on something similar. If you've ever seen that iconic photograph of Buzz Aldrin walking on the moon and he's got his arm crooked and it looks a little bit like he's strutting around on the surface of the moon, but he's not strutting. If you look closely, there's something written on the left sleeve of his moon suit. And what is that? A checklist. And so whether you're an astronaut, a, a pilot, or a football, an American football coach, what you are relying on to ease your cognitive burden, to cope under stress, and to perform and make decisions in real time is a tool. And the topics, targets, and trade-offs grid is a good example of the power of a tool that negotiators can use. And one of the things that's long been missing for negotiators, uh, new or experienced, is something similar. There's lots and lots of principles, but there's not a lot of guidance to help you have that very same um, tool. And once you have it, you kind of go, where has this been uh, all my life? And so let me, I'll, I'll tell you about a little bit more about what it is in a moment, but just by way of illustration, I had a, um, uh, a client, um, uh, uh, MasterCard, who, uh, whose leader um, of their deals team, Gaurav Middle, called me uh, several years ago now, and he said, I'd like you to train our deals team to negotiate using the topics, targets, and trade-offs grid. And I said, but, but you guys do $2 billion a year in, in deals. You do 20 or 30 of them. Um, you guys are world world." you know, world-class negotiators, you, you, why do you need me? And he goes, no, you don't understand. We really need something like this. And when we, I introduced it to him, it's a pretty easy thing to introduce. Afterwards, Garov was so excited about this that on his own initiative, not once, not twice, but I think last count it was four or five times, he insisted on coming to our to my courses and guest lecturing just to talk about the topics, targets, and trade-offs grid because it's been so useful. So in a nutshell, so I, I don't want to go on and on and on. So let me just pause there and see if um, see where that one's where you want to take us. Oh, this is great, Seth. I'm I'm excited because this reminds me of uh, the the book by Atul Gawande, I believe is the name, the uh, Checklist Manifesto. I quote right? him. I quote him uh, with great reverence. Oh, this is great because essentially you're bringing that expertise and that mindset to mm -hmm. negotiation. And and it's funny as you say that 
that that that is something that's been severely lacking. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right, and it gives some. It, you could create something that gives people during the negotiation something they can briefly refer to and stay in flow because that's something that I've realized. People really struggle with preparation in general, like how mm-hmm. to do it, and mm-hmm. different people prepare in different ways. But a lot of times, what ends up happening is people come in with like scripts. It's like a manifesto you walk in on and it, no. you can't be in the moment and still refer to a script. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about this. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're absolutely right. A script in theory sounds great, but in practice immediately, the next thing you know, you're off script and now what do you do? Um, and so almost like GPS, you need something that you can literally glance at and go. And that's what this is designed to do. Uh, and so essentially it's it's simple enough that you can do it in just 10 minutes uh, under under you know, if you must. Um, basically, it's four columns. Topics, which is essentially the agenda for what we're going to talk about. Um, tar- uh, targets, uh, which is the range of outcomes that you are interested in for a given issue. Um, and then there are these two kinds of trade-offs. One of them um, is essentially a ranking of your priorities, which of these is most important and then which and then which. We call that trade-offs between topics. And the last column is the creative ideas that you think are best likely to overcome an impasse for a given issue. Uh, We call that trade-offs within topics. And so you've got this four-column um, chart, and you've got these rows. It looks a little bit like a calendar. And what that allows you to do is glance down and in real time, essentially call a play. And it does several really cool things. First, just because you have an agenda, you're way ahead of the game because what you can do is first email the other person and say, I'm looking forward to our meeting. Here's a list of things we probably should cover. Let me know if you have any thoughts sincerely. And people really appreciate that and it allows you to manage time more easily. But it also helps you identify what is and isn't up for negotiation. If you've ever been to a, a, a first round or a, a job interview where somebody says, I should tell you the that salary is non-negotiable. What they're doing is taking a key issue off the list. Mm. Is that okay? And if the answer is yes, okay, so be it. But no, I really do want to talk about salary. Then that's something that has to be negotiated. And believe it or not, diplomats literally have a phase that they refer to as pre-negotiation negotiation, where much of what they do is negotiate about what they're going to negotiate about. That gives you a, a, that's a, that, that tells you, wow, that first column really matters. And it also serves as the foundation for the rest of the chart. Um, so just doing that is a big deal, but there's much more to it. I'll stop there and make sure I'm not lecturing just to see if this makes sense and see where you want to go. Oh, this is good. Does does this kind of look like what that is exactly the idea? Okay, perfect. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And we will be right back after this. 
The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. So a couple of things, um, listeners. So the, there are some value bombs being dropped here. I hope you're taking as many notes as I am <laughs> because this is great. <laughs> and I, I think one of the one of the many missed opportunities for negotiation excellence is the agenda. Negotiating what's going to be talked about, the sequence of the the topics of the conversation. That's really important. And you introduced a topic that we haven't discussed yet. I mean, first of all, this grid is something we haven't discussed yet, but the pre-negotiation, right? That's so important. Negotiating Mm -hmm. what we're going to negotiate about. This Mm -hmm. this is advanced level stuff. And it really sets the stage for the actual negotiation. And I Mm -hmm. think people miss out on really structuring the negotiation in a way that is advantageous to them because they don't even have a concept of pre-negotiation negotiation. I think that's something I really wanted to call out. And then you're, you're absolutely right. In the moment, this grid can help us to understand very quickly where we are, like you said, as a GPS, and not just where we are, but also where we need to go. And it helps us to be a little bit more fluid in the moment because mm-hmm. we're not stopping and re- reorienting ourselves as the negotiation shifts, it, it makes it really easy to, to continue to flow. I, I really appreciate this. Well, thank you, Kwame. Uh, you've actually prompted me on a couple of things. One is that um, because we often walk into a negotiation without thinking about the agenda, it's very easy to be nibbled. And that is, as you know, uh, where somebody just keeps saying, oh, wait, there's one more thing. We've got a deal that's great. Oh, wait, there's one other thing. And they ask for another thing and another thing. And I've literally seen cases where that goes on for a year and you wind up giving away oh the goodness. store. Um, it's, 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 tragic to watch. And so knowing what is and also isn't going to be discussed is important because it also alerts you when somebody starts adding issues, you go, oh, oh, oh wait, okay, I'm, I'm willing to talk about it, but let's not, let's watch out for the potential for nibbling. So that's another reason why that first column is such a big deal. But you've also allowed me to um, uh, make a more global comment. If you think about what I'm just, what we're talking about, This grid is designed to help you do two key tasks of negotiation, create wealth and claim it wisely. The last two columns, the trade-offs part, are designed to help you find creative solutions in a couple of different dimensions. The target section is the foundation for which you divide the pie, claim the pie. And so if you've got that basic information before you, it's just so much easier to do both of them. I'm just, Seth, I'm just thinking about some of my negotiations where this would have been so helpful, so helpful in, in the moment. 
I I really appreciate this. Well, let's just keep flowing. So is there anything else you want to talk about with the topics or do you want to talk about targets too? No, I think that's plenty. And let me just commiserate with you. We've all got these stories where we look back and we go, oh gosh, I got so taken. I, I, I definitely have stories like that. And I always tell students that for them and for me, um, treat that as tuition. If you take those stories and channel them through what we're learning now, that actually will more than pay for itself with better results in the future. That's great. <laughs> That's great. And you know, it's one quick thing on that too. When somebody, sometimes people ask, oh, what's your greatest negotiation failure? Before I respond, I say, hey, listen, before, before I respond, you have to know if a negotiation using air quotes for the listeners who aren't seeing a negotiation <laughs> expert uh-huh. doesn't oh, <laughs> doesn't have any failures you're not talking to a negotiation expert because no, there is no. no way you win all the time it's it's not possible no you hit for average in this league exactly <laughs> exactly and average <laughs> is pretty good <laughs> this is great so yes let's talk about the targets Okay, sure. Uh, I'm sure you uh, have uh, beautifully taught your listeners uh, in many ways the importance of distributive or competitive negotiating, the the, the win-lose side of it. And um, I have, I'm, I'll freely confess I don't love this part of it, but I've learned it's an important part because if you don't know how to do it, uh, you can wind up as roadkill. And I've learned that fairness and justice depend on the ability to know how to do this. You know, uh, Clarence Avon is profiled in uh, this Netflix documentary. Uh, I think he's called the, the Black Godfather. And um, he is wonderful in his ability to advocate and competitively negotiate for people whose careers depended on it, like Barack Obama and Jay-Z and Michael Jackson. It's like a who's who. And they all, he's a celebrity celebrity because he knows how to do this. And Mother Teresa, by the way, was also very good at the competitive side. And the foundation for that is these two um, bits of information that you glance down at as you look at the targets. And Skilled negotiators like yourself, Kwame, know that it's crucial to know what your ranges are, what's the best and the worst you can accept on a given issue. And when you can glance down and see that the other side is offering you something that's way off of your minimums, well, that doesn't mean you just throw your hands up. It just means there's a red light flashing and You've got your work to do. You've got to move that number. And with some basic um, uh, skills of distributive negotiating, which the book also explores, you can very definitely do very well. But it starts with knowing these two facts. This is great. And I appreciate you talking about the distributive side, because I'll I'll even concede for myself um, in this world of really focusing on the collaborative negotiation, which is I think is great. I think a lot of times we've done that to the expense of the reality that at some point you have to divide the pie. We can't just expand into perpetuity. We have to Absolutely. divide the pie at some point. Right. So it's, it's really important. And that in itself is a negotiation skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times it's easy to, to write that off and say, oh, you're being positional. But at some point during the negotiation, you have to assert yourself and start to claim value. So I'm, I'm glad that you're spending time talking about that. Well, one of the things I'm so glad we're talking about that right now, Kwame, because one of the things that it seems like you have to do is choose, oh, he's a real aggressive, tough negotiator, or oh, she's very collaborative. And I think each of those is somewhat limited and dangerous. You know, Martin Luther King said, um, power without love kills, but love without power is anemic and sentimental. 
And he goes on to say that what you want to do is be able to combine the two, or as I like to say, be strong and kind. And the ability to integrate both creative and distributive skills is not an option, really. You've really got to be able to do both. The TT, the topics, targets, and trade-offs grid is a key foundational way to do that. And there are other tools um, that I'll allude to in the book that actually are designed to not give you a script, but a protocol or a recipe card, if you'll uh, allow it, um, that allows you to both create and claim wealth in a winsome way. Oh, this is great. And now I want to talk about with these targets, there are going to be times where it's a really clear um, Zopa when it mm -hmm. comes to a specific target. And then there are going to be other times that, that the target will sometimes be contingent upon some of the other issues. Mm -hmm. And so with the grid, how do we play between sometimes, okay, I might be able to accept this number, but only if we can do this in some other element of the negotiation? It's a great question. And um, it, it suggests to me in real time, there might be a, a, a tweak that I might want to uh, uh, integrate as a TTT 2.0, which is where you have kind of a gray zone uh, on one end of the spectrum so that there couldn't be more, it could be that much more dynamic. But uh, as it is, I think there's there's room to actually uh, deal with that. And one of the things that does that is actually the last two uh, columns. And I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but basically what that means is there are ways to creatively get around a bargaining impasse. And if you don't have those last two columns, you just wind up staring at each other and testing who's tougher uh, or who can play chicken better. And that's not very helpful. Um, so having those escape valves often makes what seems like a dead end conversation much more, much more promising and fruitful. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I think this is a great opportunity to to shift into those the two trade-off columns. Can you tell us sure. more about that? Sure. Um the uh one of the if if you were to wake me up at two in the morning and say, tell me one thing that a novice negotiator could do right now to be much more effective in negotiation, I would say priorities. Most negotiators go into a negotiation thinking everything is important. And in a sense, that's true. But if you have no sense of what is more important than, than other things, you tend to miss wonderful opportunities to trade what's cheap to you for what's valuable. And here's Gaurav Middle again. I'll invoke him several times because he really is a, a true believer of, the, of the, the TTT grid, as I call it. Uh, and he says, I could be doing a deal with 70 different issues, but it's so easy to lose the forest for the trees in that situation. But if I know the four or five or six issues that are most important to me, I can focus on that. I know when to fight, when not to, when to press, and it just makes it so much easier. And it allows me to listen for what their priorities are. And what do you know? We often find there's a trade-off to be made, which is part of the joy of this work. Oh, wait a minute. You don't like the rind of this orange? I love it. It's the meat I don't need. Oh, you want the meat? Hey, let's trade. And that's the parable okay. of the oranges, you know. Um, and that little parable is a good example of this idea. And believe it or not, Nobel Prizes have been won using that idea of swapping the cheap priority for the, for the, for the dear priority. And here we're actually crystallizing it in a simple way. I love that. It's it's so helpful. You're absolutely right, because otherwise we can find ourselves getting stuck talking about things that really aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. But just like in, in anything else, we can get caught up in the fog of war mm -hmm. and then we start competing 
really vehemently over something that we really don't need. So this helps us to be a lot more strategic and intentional with the mm -hmm. way that we navigate the conversation. And that's a great word for it. A lot of what you and I are working are talking about now is simply being intentional without it becoming a, a burden. My goal here is to offer uh, readers tools that are easy to use. And just let me put a little, do a little sidebar as we step away from, from the grid for a moment. One of the things that I love about this work is that it's, is that these tools are, are robust and learnable enough that I don't even have to be involved for them to work. So each semester, I ask my students after just a couple of sessions, three or four sessions, um, to go teach someone else. I call my students students, my grand students. And my, 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 uh, a few, few classes later, I get the results. And what I find is that my grand students have learned a tool or two or three, and they've gone out into real life and they've done great, not always, but usually better than they ever would have thought they could. In fact, I had one student who just this semester uh, reported that she taught the TTT grid to somebody. And he said, wow, that was easy. And to think I almost didn't try, but because he did, he did much better in his own job negotiation. I go, wow, it took like 40 minutes to teach him this stuff. And I wasn't even in the room. So that tells you it's not me, that the tools and the concepts are the, are the thing that work here. And, and that's the goal. That is, mm -hmm. That's the goal, to have yeah. something that is practical, easy to understand, and easy to use. Right. Because there are times where we might give a theoretical concept that sounds really great. It's like, wow, that, I'm wowed and by your brilliance and articulate, how <laughs> articulate you are. Um, but I can never do that, <laughs> right? And so we, it's, it, I think that's the real power mm -hmm. in, in this approach, because I think the listeners could really easily, just like I did from this description, create their own grid and immediately put into action. And I think that's the real power of it, too. Oh, thank you, Kwame. Uh, yeah, our goal here is to work our way out of a job. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, lo I love that. <laughs> I really love that. Great. So let let's talk about the golden minute. Tell us yes. more about that one. I'll just finish up the TTT grid and just for just a second, the last column is where you throw, where you put down um, uh, yes. some creative options for each issue. So that if we're if you if if I want more salary and you simply won't give it to me, and I'm not seeing any prospect here, there may be creative options that we haven't considered. Like how about uh, a stock? How about a bonus? Or how about stock options? Or um, uh, work from home? Or a longer uh -huh. vacation? And there are many other possibilities. And so, just to round out our conversation, that's the last component. But I freely yeah. agree. Let's segue to the golden minute because that is a second tool. And the golden minute is is as simple as it sounds, and yet it's surprisingly powerful. It's a little bit like a rudder. Um, it can steer the conversation from, from disaster to open water. And um, essentially, it's simply the moment it takes, 30, 60 seconds, often less, to say, let's set down a couple of simple discussion ground rules. This is especially valuable when there's contention or conflict or tension uh, or where you're dealing with several people and there's a tendency for the conversation to just for the meeting to go on forever. Um, 
And what it does is essentially you agree to two or three things. First, can we agree we're not going to interrupt each other? And I want to honor you, Kwame, because you uh, just before we went on, you said you 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 would you would not interrupt, and I, that so eases the conversation and it allows people to hear each other. And even though that seems very simple, that is critical. You know, as an expert negotiator, how critical listening is. The second um, suggestion is uh, part of the golden minute is where you say, can we agree we're going to speak to each other with And that's especially useful when there's tension or there's conflict or there's anger. And often what my students report is that when they use it in real life, it just lowers the temperature and it focuses the conversation in surprising ways. And it's so simple that almost invariably people go, oh yeah, I can agree to that. And you still have time to make a couple of other suggestions. This is optional, but you can say, can we agree that, that you know, you know, Brenda, would you take notes for us? Or can we agree that, that we'll all uh, chip in and, and enforce these rules, with, you know, encourage each other to follow these rules. That way you're not the, the traffic cop. And typically everyone says that's fine. And it does, it, it, I call it golden because the stories I have of people transforming their relationships with this tool is one of the joys of the work. You know, so so there, there are times where it happens all the time, especially with the podcast, where I hear somebody say something and I get annoyed, not because I don't like it, but because I wish I heard it before I wrote these books. <laughs> you know, it, it makes so much sense because essentially you're, you're creating a scenario where the the person is put in a situation where they say hey can you can we agree not to interrupt can we agree to speak with civility and the person would have to say hey no i'd prefer to be a jerk in this conversation <laughs> it's it's such an interesting thing because strategically it works but it also puts a little bit of positive social pressure on them mm-hmm. to interact in a respectful type of way so you circumvent a lot of that behavior when it comes mm-hmm. in and then you think we can go back to Cialdini with the principle of commitment. Mm-hmm. And when they break that, we say, hey, let's let's take a step back. Remember when we talked about this earlier on, we promised not to interrupt. Can we going forward? Can we reestablish that? I think oh, this is so good. So good. Well, thank you so much, Kwame. Um, whether you're dealing with a conflict or a group uh, decision, uh, this rule really can make a difference. I've had students use this for what I call hot topics conversations about every conceivable polarizing issue from here to Pakistan. And when they introduce the golden minute, that is one of the secrets to a much more harmonious conversation. But also I've seen students use it to win $10,000 prizes. I had one uh, uh, student who wrote to me and said uh, he was part of a national competition of business school uh, teams, uh, Harvard, Stanford, University of Texas. Um, they were all buying for a $10,000 prize, they had to work on an energy finance uh, project. Um, And all the other groups just launched right into the assignment. But he said, I'm going to use the golden minute. And he said, let's, and, and when he did that, he said, the group was much better able to hear each other. And just taking that time allowed them to be much more effective. And they won the first prize. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's incredible. It, and it's one of those things, the, the sign of a, a of a brilliant insight is that it seems obvious in hindsight, because this is one of those things where why, why haven't we been doing this <laughs> the whole thing, the whole time? And a lot of times people, they let their fear of negotiation and difficult conversations hold them back from engaging meaningfully mm-hmm. in interaction. And so why don't we treat this as a pre-negotiation? Hey, 
let me think about the scary things I'm afraid this person is going to do, being mm-hmm. mean, disrespectful, aggressive, and interrupting me. How about I get them to agree not to do that <laughs> before I have the conversation? <laughs> I'm so, so glad you. I so appreciate that, Kwame. And by the way, this has actually worked to 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 bring forth uh, agreement in, of all places, Congress, the the last bastion of impossible uh, negotiating. Um, uh, there was a uh, a senator who uh, convened twenty. Uh, Republican and Democratic senators uh, around, I think it might have been a transportation bill, and they were really at loggerheads, and they were all interrupting each other. She said, I know it's hard to believe, but they kept talking. That's senators for you. Uh, Until she instituted what uh, is essentially the golden minute. And what do you know? Listening and harmony ensued. And later that weekend, they reached agreement on what I think was something like a $15 billion bill, and it passed. And how does that happen in Congress these days? Almost never. But that's an example of how this works. Listen, uh, Seth, I was sold before. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now I'll, I'll quibble on the head. This is great. I love it. Perfect. So let, let's move on to the uh, the mnemonic. I foresaw uh, it. Tell us yes. about that one. That actually is the uh, the backbone of my my teaching. Uh, it's uh, a ten lettered um, prep tool. Uh, each le- letter stands for a word, and each word stands for a question that a skilled negotiator wants to answer before she goes to negotiate. And you can use it in as few as 15 minutes in a crisis. Um, If the stakes are high, you may want to use more time. But the research shows that it's not how much time you spend, but how you use that time that counts. And these are the questions that that the research shows is are most important. And just one letter can literally save the day. And one of the stories I tell in the book is about uh, a dentist who's sitting on a plane um, that's been stuck on the tarmac for six hours um, because of a hurricane. And uh, there's just this tremendous number of, of planes in front of him, uh, in front of his plane, and everyone has been just dying. They're, they're going crazy and no one knows what to do. And everyone is begging the flight attendants, can you get us off this plane? Nope, sorry, we're stuck. We can't do anything until he uses one letter of the I foresaw it. And next thing you know, they're in the terminal. What did he do? Well, you know, many of the basic principles of negotiation won't work. Interest-based bargaining is not going to work. Distributive bargaining is not going to work. Active listening is not going to work. Even the TTT grid is not going to work. The topics, targets, and trade-offs grid. So what did he do? Well, true story. He, he, He did a little research and he found out who the president of the company was and where their offices were. And from that, he he guessed the hometown of the president. And so he takes out his phone and he calls the guy. He finds the guy's number, which is listed incredibly. And he calls him, ring, ring, hello. A voice picks up. Um, May I speak with Dr. Johnson, please? Everett Johnson. I'm sorry, he's not here. This is his wife. May I help you? And Dr. Barsky, the dentist says, do you know what your husband is doing to me and 149 other passengers right now? And Dr. Barsky proceeds to tell her, and she's mortified. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you poor people. I I feel so bad. Let me call airport operations and see what I can do. And within a few minutes, within about 45 minutes after she makes that call, 
They're in the terminal. Now, what was the key? He changed who he was dealing with. And that is just one letter of the I for sought. It's the W of the mnemonic. I for sought is the letter W stands for who. And that illustrates how just one part of this can be a turnkey. So imagine if you knew just a couple of the letters. Well, you could save the day. Imagine if you knew four. Imagine if you knew all 10. And what my students have found is, and practitioners too, is that when you have this tool, it just gives you so much of an ability to walk around a problem such that I had a student who came to work, Dick Sherman, um, and he got a call from his boss as he walks in. You know the merger, Dick? Yeah, of course. It's going to make our career. Yeah, it just fell through. You and I are about to be fired. Now, what would you do if you got a call like that? He goes, I'll come down in 10 minutes. He summons up the eye for sod. He starts working it. He goes down. He listens to her. She frets and, 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 and you know, pours her out what she's, what her concerns are for quite a while. He just listens. And then very gently, he starts to walk her through the eye for sod letter by letter. And she goes from freaked out to hopeful. And over the course of the next hour or two, they work, they start to see hope and possibility. She says, Dick, you're the one. You got to go save this thing. Two weeks later, not only had he saved the day, but he'd also found a way to realize $14 million in savings that they could share both sides that no one had spotted, but he was able to spot and convince them to agree to. And he was a hero. And you go, he goes, if I hadn't known about the Iprosod, I wouldn't have even tried. Wow, and and I think just a larger peer, larger um, perspective here. I think this just shows the one of the magical qualities of having skills and and tools to use. Mm-hmm. It gives you the confidence to even try, mm-hmm. because a lot of times if you don't have the the skills, you don't have the t- tools, you say, I have no idea what to do. I'm completely mm-hmm. lost. I guess I'm going to be stuck on this plane or I'm going to be fired because we didn't complete this deal. Right. So I think that's a critical element to, to explore. And I know we're coming up on time, but let me, let me negotiate a little bit, uh, Seth. Can we get three of the first, the, the first three letters of the I foresaw it? Certainly. The I stands for interests. The F stands for factual and financial research, and the O stands for options. In fact, those three letters, I-F-O, interests, facts, options, are so powerful by themselves that the first chapter of the book translate just those three letters into a single tool, a separate tool. It's one I call three little words. And just those three words are so powerful that they've saved companies. They've allowed 11-year-old children to negotiate more effectively with their fathers. Um, They've helped raise funds for AIDS research. I mean, it's just those three letters are enough to do all kinds of things. So imagine what the whole thing can do. This is great. And so listeners, just recapping its interests, factual and financial data, and then options, I think. And then we have the who. We got a sneak peek. (laughs) And for the rest, we need to to get the book. I I know I will be devouring that book when it comes out on May 23rd. And so, Seth, I really appreciate you running through this with us and uh, can't wait to see the book once it comes out. It's my great pleasure, Kwame, um, and it's high honor indeed to have uh, a, 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 an expert of your caliber say so. And I, I really appreciate your active listening, your your encouragement. It, it means a great deal. I appreciate that. Oh, said this was so good. Oh, this it was, was delightful, delicious. 
Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.